street epistemology is a wonderful approach that anyone can learn. You can learn more about street epistemology at streetepistemology.com. It is good to get gobsmacked. Learning to value reason and evidence and recognizing when that's just not enough. I grew up going to church, and not just any church, mind you, but a Southern Baptist church. Not just any Southern Baptist church, but a small church planted firmly in the then relatively rural American South. Every Sunday morning, for as long as I can remember, I'd rise from my slumber make my way downstairs in my pajamas to my mom's breakfast of cream of wheat and tune in to a syndicated episode of Lost in Space on our tiny black and white kitchen TV. Then I would head back upstairs for a quick transformation into semi-formal Sunday clothes, which basically meant an outfit that landed somewhere between school clothes and a suit with a clip-on tie. I would then bid adieu to the Robinsons and the robot and, with my little King James Bible in hand, be whisked off to Sunday school. I have fond memories of that church. Memories of me waiting for my parents to arrive for the main Sunday service, sitting alone in the pews after attending my Sunday school class. This was what one might call an old-time Southern Baptist church full of old-time religion. Old songs were sung from old hymnals by an old choir into a fairly old congregation. We sang How Great Thou Art, Old Time Religion, Nothing But the Blood of Jesus, and of course, Amazing Grace. The pulpit was bookended by an organist and a pianist, and the preacher would always start low and end high with the zeal one would expect from a preacher with some of that old time religion. So for better or worse, whether it was that this church was only a few miles from where I grew up, or whether it was some spiritual connection my parents felt, this was our church. I had ridden the peaks and valleys of weekly salvation and damnation for years. The whole emotional enterprise seemed to be going along just fine. But then something interesting happened. One Sunday, when I was around 12 years old, I was given a Xerox copy of a list of bands and songs that I was, from that point forward, to consider as devil music. Yes, devil music. According to my church, listening to Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven was blasphemy. Anything by Black Sabbath was a one-way ticket to hell. Even Gary Wright's Dreamweaver meant that I was astral projecting and thus opening a door for the enemy. As a child of the 70s, I had been jamming to this music for nearly as long as I could remember. I had a Kiss t-shirt when I was in the first grade, for crying out loud. I adored most of the music on this sheet, and it didn't make any sense. My young brain was set into analytical motion. I thought the whole thing was preposterous. I was not worshipping the devil. Regardless, getting this message from my quaint bucolic church was a shock to my pious young system. Looking back, it was around that time that I really started questioning the validity of what people in authority were telling me. I began comparing claims that did not rely on evidence with those that did. I was told that Adam and Eve and Noah's Ark were true stories, 
Yet I watched documentaries about Lucy, the Australopithecus afarensis, on PBS's Nature. I was told that my God created the universe, the earth, and all its inhabitants in six literal days. Yet I watched Carl Sagan explain the evidence for Big Bang cosmology on Cosmos. I began to compare each claim I was told to believe without question to what could be supported using reason and evidence. I no longer relied on the earnestness or the authority of the person doing the telling. I wanted proof. Fast forward to today, and it occurs to me that I've promoted critical thinking by valuing reason and evidence my entire adult life. I have argued, debated, chatted, typed, tweeted, and talked about a whole host of beliefs that people maintain based on unreliable methods. Invariably, at the conclusion of many of these discussions, just when I thought I had hit a logic home run or made an evidence slam dunk, my interlocutor would leave the conversation with even more resolve. But why? If you're reading this on the Street Epistemology blog, then of course you already know why. For years, I had been supporting my positions using reason and evidence, but I was missing the greater contextual picture, epistemology. I remember listening to a Dr. Peter Bogosian lecture on YouTube several years ago where he explained his idea of conducting a sort of street epistemology. I was gobsmacked. All these years, I've been trying to convince people that their claims were untrue by using methods that would have worked perfectly well on me. I was using reason and evidence on people who had formed beliefs based on something other than reason and evidence. Hence, the outcome was often an impasse, or worse, a doubling down on the mistaken belief. I now know that I was practically cultivating the backfire effect. I am reminded of the famous Thomas Paine quote from The American Crisis. To argue with a man who has renounced the use and authority of reason, and whose philosophy consists in holding humanity in contempt, is like administering medicine to the dead, or endeavoring to convert an atheist by scripture. Enjoy, sir, your insensibility of feeling and reflecting. It is the prerogative of animals. Thomas Paine needed some street epistemology, but I can appreciate Paine's frustration. Decoupling people from beliefs not grounded in reality is not a binary exercise. It's farming, not hunting. It takes time. It takes patience. I believe it takes practice. I have been deploying the techniques more and more frequently when speaking with people on a whole range of beliefs that do not comport with reality, and I am seeing hints of success. From global warming deniers to people who believe demons are real, I am now trying to resist the old urge to ridicule as a means of retort, and I am even trying to resist my knee-jerk reliance on evidence as the tool that might convince them that they are wrong. See pain above. I am now trying to help people recognize their own epistemic deficiencies. I want them to poke their own holes in the methods they are relying upon for determining what they believe is true. They have to change their own minds. I'm now simply helping them clear the path. I've already noticed an improvement in results. For example, in a recent Facebook exchange about politics, among the most futile activities one can imagine, and specifically a conversation about how Donald Trump continues to make claims that are untrue, I was able to deploy a little Socratic SE to help my interlocutor understand the double standard with which he was excusing Trump's lies. The exchange went something like this. 
Trump had just tweeted something that was demonstrably untrue. Me. Why do you think Trump would tweet something that's just incorrect? I.L. Because he is frustrated. Because the Dems are using childish tactics to hold up the government. Because they lost an election and lost seats. Me. Does that mean it's okay to lie? I.L. You mean like every politician? Me. So if I understand you correctly, you're actually okay with politicians lying because you expect that from them? I don't recall you making that same excuse for Hillary Clinton. My interlocutor disengaged and I did not press. I was not going to change his mind at that moment, but I was hopeful that I had done enough to cause him to reevaluate his own partisan bias. A few days later, he was actually posting criticisms of Donald Trump. I'm not sure if I planted the seed of doubt that took root and sprouted into a single sprig of some healthy skepticism, or if it was something else, but I was, again, gobsmacked given my interlocutor's history of doubling down on his partisanship. Interventions on Facebook, while accessible, may not be the most effective. That said, we are all learning as we go. If we continue to plant seeds of good epistemology, no matter the medium and no matter the conversation, we can make progress. My next goal is to have a face-to-face -face conversation with a complete stranger. We should all set our own stretch goals that push us to extend critical thinking to those around us. It takes practice. Fundamentally, I am looking forward to deploying street epistemology in conversations anywhere and everywhere whenever I hear claims being made that are not supported by evidence. The journey and hopefully the gobsmacking continues. Ryan. Ryan Bays is a writer, dungeon master, free thinker, truth seeker, and unabashed promoter of critical thinking and scientific literacy. Street Epistemology is a technique by Dr. Peter Bogosian in his book, A Manual for Creating Atheists, and his Android and iOS app, Atheos.